Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good morning. Yeah, happy Mother's Day. I got so wrapped up watching that little girl pick flowers, I wasn't sure what my cue was to... Uh, is it my turn yet? You know, that's the, by the way, that's the cheapest way to get flowers. If you didn't do that, we got you covered. True, true story, because um, I, I, it's Mother's Day, in case you hadn't realized, and we've got a, we got a flower truck out on the patio. I, I went to the florist this week, I, and I have not gone to the florist. This has had nothing to do with the message. I, I just, I went, and I was like, I want to get a bouquet of flowers for Tam, uh, for for a birthday. So I went in and I asked, I said, I want to get a bouquet of flowers. And they said, well, how much did you want to spend? And I was like, I don't know, like, because I hadn't been to a florist, you know, stop and shop, that's my normal go-to. But I was like, I'm going to go upscale, go to a real florist. And I went in and I said, well, what are people normally spending? And she said, a hundred dollars. I was like, I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, that's, I have like, some of you aren't surprised, and that's because you go to a florist. I was, I had a, I had a heart attack. I like giant Tom Main in the heart attack club. I was like, holy smoke. So this morning, you can buy four bouquets for that price at Cape Cod Church. So we've, we've got you covered. Our youth are doing a, a fundraiser this Mother's Day, and it's a great way to celebrate. So I, I want to put a couple of things together. Uh, I want to kind of weave in Mother's Day in with our series because there's this, this great story. And I'm going to pick up uh, somewhat where we left off last week. But if you weren't here, it doesn't, doesn't really... Left it last week with uh, Jesus. Uh, he had met his disciples and he... he that's cooking and he makes some breakfast and we talked about the grace of, of breakfast and but what follows next is this conversation with with Peter which I think is so appropriate to this day let me let me read you this this line from John chapter 21 and verse 9 it says when they got there it's talking about the disciples they found breakfast waiting for them fish cooking we remember this we talked about this last week over a charcoal fire and some bread. Uh, John, who's writing this, is, I, I think he might be doing something here. He's, he uses this, this picture. He says, uh, cooking over a charcoal fire, and here comes Peter rushing in, and he rushes to the beach, and the fire is cooking, and the smoke is rising, and there's Jesus. And a couple of chapters before, John wrote that Peter was gathered around a fire when he denied Jesus three times. And it says that Jesus looked at him and their eyes met. And Peter went out and wept bitterly. So here we are a few chapters forward and Peter rushes to the shore and there's the, there's the fire and there's the smell and 
And I just wonder if it all came back to him. Have you ever, have you ever noticed how smells like aromas can bring back memories? Has it ever happened to you? And I, I wonder if like the, 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 the smell of the fire and the sight of Jesus there just like, like brought him back. So I, this is, I think, an important piece of the journey because sometimes, sometimes we have to go back in order to heal. Sometimes we have to go back to the moment in order to remember what happened so we can heal and grow from it. And in many ways, this is a story about God's love for us and how we love him. That's at the core of the story. But this Mother's Day, I also think it helps us in something else. It gives us a lesson about what what love actually looks like in reality. Because it turns out it's not as obvious as we might have thought. In fact, let me read it to you. Picking up in verse 15, here's how the conversation plays out. John chapter 21, verse 15. If you've got your Bibles, this is a great passage to follow along on and to write some things down. And let me show you a couple things. First, it says, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, Son of John, do you love me more than these? <laughs> uh, loaded question. Oh, by the way, who, who's the these in this passage? It doesn't tell us who these is. Uh, Jesus just says, do you love me more than, more than these? And he just leaves it for us to figure out who these is. <laughs> I mean, it could be... Peter was so excited about the 153 fish they had just caught. He's like, I, we're gonna, we got a good payday and Jesus is looking at going, do you like, love me more? Are you more excited about me than this? That's, that, that, that's, that's interesting, but I don't actually think that's what it is. The most obvious these are the other disciples. If you remember back when Jesus predicted that that they would betray him, Peter said, even if everyone else denies you, I will never. I added that Boston never for you. <laughs> he was from Southie. <laughs> right? hmm. I will never. These guys, slackers. They, they'll fail you, but me, never, never, never. And I wonder if Jesus wasn't just saying, do you love, really, Peter, do you? He's taking him back to the scene of the crime, right? Do you love me more than, than these? And here's Peter's right. Yes, yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. But he leaves off the more than these. He's growing. He's figuring it out. And then he says, then Jesus told him, feed my lambs. So here's where I want to start. How do you know if you love someone? I mean, Jesus asks a very probing question. Peter, do you, do you love me? 
I was thinking about that earlier in the week, getting ready for this. Like, how do you know if you, if you love someone? And how do you know how much you love someone? There, in one sense, I just know because I know. But, but how do I know if I love someone? I grew up in, I grew up in church and uh, grew up youth group, playing youth group games. Anybody play this game? Our youth leader had us play. He was a wonderful, godly man, but I don't know what he was thinking with this game. And I understand it's played not just in church. Maybe you played it in camp, but our youth group played this game. Our youth group here does not play this game. I just want to qualify that as saying before I tell you. So in this game, they would get the whole youth group together. So there'd be 15, 20 of us in a big circle all around each other. And they would pick one person to start and you would stand in the circle and then you had to go to people. You had to, a guy, you had to go to a girl and you had to say this. This is so weird. Baby, if you love me, please smile. I'm not making this up. This is... (laughs) And her job was to not crack a smile and reply, baby, I love you, but I just can't smile. And if you didn't get him to smile, you had to keep going. Do you see how this gets terrifying? <laughs> like you can go around the whole room and nobody cracks a smile, like don't come to me, don't, I'm, I'm so mad, you, I am not, right? But if they cracked a smile, they had to go into the middle of the circle. Can we agree this is a good thing that this game went away? (laughs) How terrifying, how politically incorrect. Oh my goodness. Not a good way, not a good way to figure out if somebody loves you. There are a couple of signs, though, that you love someone. Sacrifice. I'm not sure you can describe love without describing some level of sacrifice. What am I willing to give? What am I willing to surrender so that I can be with, care for this person? I mean, that's at the the core of what it looks like to love someone is to sacrifice. And, and, And maybe there's no better illustration of this than they're they're having a baby and they're so always amazed when they're on their second and third child and they're so excited I'm like I don't understand that because I'm a guy I mean honestly people when when Tim gave birth to our first and I I was I was just the beginning of that era when the guy was in the room and I was there and people are like it was you know people describe it as it was like euphoric it was the most beautiful moment I felt none of that I was terrified she was going to die. I, and honestly, when she when it was over, I'm so, so glad you're alive. <laughs> I, was, it was, I mean, that's how I felt. I was like, oh my goodness. And yet, I mean, new moms, and they're like, Frank, and I'm like, they're so excited. I'm like, have you seen teenagers? No. 
But this is, this is, this is what it looks like to love someone, right? We're just, we're so, we're so eager. We're so willing to, to sacrifice and to give something because in many ways, you can know you love someone. The sacrifice. I think there's something else that, that, that is a tell, a sign of, of, of love, and that's, and that's sorrow. And this one is, this one is different. But and I, I often, when I, when I talk with people who've lost someone in their life and they're, they're enduring just deep grief, and I'm reminded of this, that sorrow is, is the cost of loving someone. Like you don't, you, you, if you're going to love someone, if you're going to, if you're going to let your hearts be knit together, then, then at some point you may endure the, the sorrow of loss. And what I, what, what I've discovered is that, is that as deep as that sorrow is, it's a reminder of how much we loved a person. And if we, if we find ourselves in that space where we've lost someone and it's cost us deep, deep sorrow, I think this is what we would agree it was worth it. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go, oh, this hurts too much. I wish I'd never. No, no, no. We're, we're, we're willing because, because sorrow is the cost. It's the, it's the, the price of entrance to loving someone deeply. And it's not just that sorrow. It's the, it's the sorrow. When you love someone, what happens is you carry their burdens. It's not like you, you just, you just internally, you, 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 when they hurt, you hurt. Parents, you know what I'm talking about. Moms, dads, you know, like when you, when you love someone, you, your, your spouse, when they're, when they're hurting, this is why somebody said this to me years ago, and I've discovered it to be true that you're never, as a parent, you're never happier than your saddest child. Because you carry that burden, like that, that's part of what it looks like to love someone. Like there's, there's a weight when they're struggling, you're struggling and you're, you're never, you're never fully right because loving them means that you carry that burden with you. And it's worth it. We decide that it's this, this sorrow, this sacrifice is, it's worth it. Because that's what it costs to love someone, and it turns out, at least in part, it's how you can tell if you love someone. In fact, if you've ever encountered this, you, you may have lost someone in your life, and uh, sorrow sort of sneaks up in you. I had this happen about four years ago. I lost a, I lost a couple of friends here at Cape Cod Church, and and uh, and, and I've, to, I've told this story before, but when I, I, I they, were, they were about my age and I didn't see it coming. And, and in the aftermath, I was surprised by it, by how much it impacted me, like, like how much it twisted up my soul in knots at, 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 at the sorrow it created. I was surprised by the sorrow. And what I came, what I came to discover in that moment is that I, I, I loved them at a level that was deeper than I even knew. And, and in some cases, I wasn't with them all that often, but I, I just realized that, that over time, our, our lives had been knit together and there was something deep and meaningful there. And that sorrow was a reminder that, that I had loved someone more deeply than maybe I had even fully consciously appreciated. 
So Jesus is asking Peter, and, uh, but, but he's, he's not done here. And in fact, I, I want you to follow along, uh, picking up in verse 15, because there's something interesting that happens in this, in this passage. And, and it wouldn't be immediately obvious. And I think it's, it's, it's helpful. So just follow along with me here. Starting in verse 15. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Now, uh, the, the Bible is, is written in, uh, in the New Testament. It's written in Greek. And so it's translated into English. And they do, a, they do a very faithful job of translating and giving us the sense of the passage, the meaning, the words of the passage. But occasionally, uh, there's something that sits underneath. And this is one of those occasions. And here, Jesus is using a Greek word uh, for love called agape. And it's the kind of unconditional love uh, that's willing to pay anything, give anything, do anything. It's the love God has for us. And so Jesus uses that word. He says, do you love me, agape me more than these? And Peter replied, yes, you know I love you. And he uses a different word. It's not the word agape here. It's the word phileo, like where we get Philadelphia from, the city of brotherly love, who we're going to beat like a drum tonight in <laughs> basketball. I just... <laughs> I may have. <laughs> Where's that youth pastor of ours? Oh, there. The city of brotherly love. I may have done that just for you. <laughs> Peter replied, You know, I love you, Phileo. Like, I. It's a, it's a different word, it's a different level, it's not quite there. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Verse 16, Jesus repeated the question, Simon, he asked him a second time, right? Do you love me, agape? He used it again. He's like pressing his point home. And Peter replied, he said, yes, you know. I love you, Leo, again. And take care of my sheep. In other words, then do the work I've called you to do. Go, go, we're not done. Care for my sheep, lead my church. That's his, that's his word here. And then verse 17, it says, a third time, remember three denials, a third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And here he changes the word to match Peter's word, phileo. And Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. The meaning wasn't lost on him. Three, three denials, three requests. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you, phileo. Jesus said, and feed my sheep. Uh, phileo describes something that's not love. That's not, that's not what I mean. Don't, don't take this as like it's a cheap version. It's not, that's not what it means. It's just, it's a, it's a growing, maturing. It's not, it's, not, it's not at the level of what God loved, God's love for us. That's the, that's the picture here. And, and Jesus is doing something. If you could just sit in this picture in the middle of this conversation, Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me? How much do you love me? What does your love for me look like? Do you love me? 
And he says, yes. Okay, good. Then do my work. Follow my calling. He doesn't doesn't correct him. He doesn't say, no, no, no. You don't love me because you didn't do what love does. He doesn't do that. He says, okay. Do what I've called you to do. This is a good moment to say something about love. Uh, You see, love is complicated. (laughs) And I don't just mean it's complicated like dating complicated. I mean, love is complicated because it's not as pure as we want it to be. So here's the surprising truth about love. You can love someone and still hurt them. You can love someone and fail them. In fact, I bet you have. I bet that someone in your life that you love, in fact, I'll go one step, I bet that the relationships that matter most to you, the person you love most deeply has been the recipient of the worst version of you. Some of the harshest things have been said have been said to that person. Some of the deepest hurts have been reserved for that relationship. It turns out there's something about deep love that's, that's enduring and it's safe and it, it allows us and it almost welcomes us to, in our most broken moments, to be broken. And I just want to say something that needs to be said. You can love someone deeply and fail them and hurt them. (laughs) Here's something else, and it's beautiful. You can love someone who has hurt you. Someone who has failed you. In fact, that's exactly what Jesus is doing here in this passage. He's he's calling it out. He's like, Peter, let's just talk about this. Let's just, this is what happened three, three times. Do you love me? Yeah, I love you. And it's almost like Jesus is saying, I believe you. It's true. You failed me. You, you're, you're, you're discouraged with yourself because in the third asking of the question, it reminds you of the third denial that you even knew me. But I know this. I know you love me. I love you, and you are called. Go and feed my sheep. 
Do you see, do you see how, 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 how freeing this is? This doesn't, this doesn't free us to be, you know, abusive or, or jerks or whatever. That's, that's, not, that's not at all what I'm talking about, right? But, but it, here's, here's my hope, is that it, that it frees us somehow to recognize that, that love and life are not these picture-perfect Paintings that when, when something goes wrong, the whole thing is somehow empty and ruined. And fake. Because it's not. In fact, I, I think it, it probably brings us to these next verses in a, in a way to wrap all of this together. And it reminds us of something that should be obvious but isn't. And I just want you to kind of lean in to this for a moment. And it's a simple idea that love grows. Now, let me, let me read to you this passage because if you've ever read this story, you've probably read this piece and thought, what is he talking about? Like, this is not, this is no way to finish. Like, he's, he's telling him, go, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? Go feed my sheep, go feed my sheep, go feed my sheep. And then he says this, <clears throat> Jesus says, I tell you the truth, verse 18. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. <laughs> what? You dressed yourself and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you would stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. What? <laughs> do you see why nobody reads this verse when they're talking about this passage? It's like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Verse 19 gives us some context. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow, follow me. Ah, okay. Jesus did this to tell him what kind of death he would be. And we, we know from history, not from Scripture, but from history, we know that Peter was, was martyred, killed for the faith, and history tells us that he he actually was crucified. And because he didn't feel worthy to be martyred in the same way Jesus was, he requested that he be crucified upside down. But, but th that's not really the point here. The, the point is that Jesus says, I tell you the truth, when you were young, you were able to do what you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you were old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. What in the world does that mean? Here, here's what Jesus is saying, and this is really important. He said, listen, Peter, your, your love for me is growing. It's imperfect right now. Like you, your love for me couldn't stand the test of the pressure and you denied me. You did what you wanted to do. You did what felt comfortable in the moment and you denied me. But we're not done. You did, you did what you wanted to do. But one day, Peter, your, your love for me, your, your faith in me, your commitment to me is growing. And one day, one day, you will give everything for me. I know you're disappointed in yourself, but this story is not over because your love for me is going, do you love me? Yeah, you, you love me. But let me tell you something. It's just getting started. And one day your love for me will have grown so deep that you will give everything 
to be faithful to me. Everything. I want you to know that. What a beautiful testimony. You see, we, we're, we have a tendency to, to, to think about love as though it were a, a gift and it, were its, it, was, it was at its best when it was brand new and fresh. Like, like love is a, a box of chocolates, right? You get, you know, just like, it's like somebody plopped it down. Remember when you, you know, you met, you met him, you met her, and whoa, right? You were just, and it's like, it's like we got a gift. It's like this gift showed up in our life, and we're like, oh, man. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like this, this gift, like a, like a box of chocolates. That's all I can think of, like a box of chocolates. It's at its freshest, its best at that moment, and, and it's all downhill from there on out. I mean, a week later, they're still good, but a year later, they're getting splotchy and like, uh, you know, and you'll always look back and, oh, remember, remember, remember the good old day. Remember what that was like. Love, love is, not, is not like a gift that, that we, we receive in a moment. It's, it's, it's better thought of. It's like a, it's, it's like a, a seed that's, it, that's been planted and, And then all of a sudden, something starts to grow. You know, you ever plant a seed and, and it starts to grow in the first time? And for, for a while, it just looks like dirt and you're like, nothing's happening here. And then that first, first green shoot comes up. You're like, it worked. And you go and look at it all the time and it's just a marvel of of new life and 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 that that's that's what it can feel like when you when you look back on love right the 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 moment you looked in that baby's eyes for the first time the moment you met your husband or wife and you were just oh my goodness it was just a it was a marvel it was it was new life it was beautiful but it was fragile And then over time, it, it grows. And it gets stronger and stronger and bigger. And that, that's what love is supposed to look like. Oh, we all look back at that moment when it, when it first sprouted, and we're like, oh, that was beautiful. Over time, it, it grows larger and stronger, and it's able to withstand storms and it provides shade and it becomes this thing in our lives that we rest and lean against and if we're not careful we take it for granted so we have these these things like birthdays and anniversaries where we go back and we remind ourselves about how it all started and how beautiful it is and what a gift it was I guess I want to say something else about about this this tree, this this love. You 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 look at it, and it's honestly when you look at it, you it, it's it's not perfect. You might look at your relationship with a son or a daughter, or with a mom or a dad, and you're like, it's not perfect. Like there's some 
You know, like the tree didn't, it didn't, you know, it was like split branches and curved over. And, and you, you can almost see where the storms happened, right? I just, I just want to say that trees don't have to be perfect to be beautiful. They can be strong and beautiful and enduring. You see, Jesus is saying to Peter, listen, we're just getting started. We're just, we're just a few years into this story. And I know you feel like you blew it, but we're just getting started. And your love for me, it's going to grow and grow and grow. And one day, one day, it will be so strong that you will give everything for me. How beautiful is that? So here's what I want to do. I want to finish a little bit different today. I want to finish with a prayer uh, for you that God would bless you with enduring love for a husband, for a wife, for a son, for a daughter that endures, for a mom, for a dad, for a friend. It's life has been bonded together with you that you would have that gift of enduring love that grows and grows. Would you bow with me? Father, my prayer together as a church for each person here is a prayer for enduring love. A love that grows and grows and grows. That endures that overcomes and even overlooks. For every couple, Father, for every husband and wife that finds themselves just navigating the complexities of marriage and life in this world, that you would give them an enduring love, Father, that they wouldn't give up they wouldn't walk away. They wouldn't grow discouraged. That they could see the beauty of what you're building in them. For every mom, 
with a son or a daughter who's struggling and walking away and doing their own thing, Father, I pray that you would bless that mom with a growing, enduring love. For every child, for every son or daughter who doesn't understand where their parents are at or why something has happened or where the pain in their life came from, Father, I pray that you would give them a gift of enduring love. And Father, we thank you. We, we thank you that you love us like you love Peter. In the midst of his failure, When life didn't go like he hoped, or he predicted, or he wanted. When he failed to do what he said he would do. And his love showed its limits. You showed that your love had none. And today, Father, we... Say thank you for your enduring love for us. Where would we be without it? We pray in Jesus' name.